Good morning. Uh, you may be seated for a second. <laughs> Two weeks from today, uh, and I think it's um, probably in the bulletin, uh, there's, a, there's a guy named Randy Ray who's going to be preaching for us. And Randy was a running buddy of mine in college. Uh, college. High school. High school. I knew him in college as well. We weren't running in, in college because uh, he was running toward the Lord, and I was running in a different direction. But in high school, we were running buddies, and uh, uh, there were three guys in our high school class who uh, became pastors, and um, I'm, I'm one of the top three uh, of, of those. Uh, but in terms, of, the, in terms of, of really being able to bring it, listen, let me tell you, Randy can bring it. So if you're looking and you're kind of thinking, oh, we're going to have a special speaker that week, that might be a week. No, no, that would be a bad idea. You need to come that week for sure. In fact, I, and I told Randy, I said, you know, I'm, I'm going to start, I'm going to start pumping this up. And he said, don't, don't build it up too much. Tough. You know, I mean, it's going to, they're going to be built up and you're going to bring it or it's going to be your fault. So, and, uh, but you will really enjoy Randy. I, I want to, you know, almost as much as you'll probably enjoy trying to see me trying to teach next week on the the most difficult parable in the entire Bible. <sighs> if I have any volunteers, somebody let me know before this, uh, before the, before this is over. Um, okay, would you stand with me now? And let's read some verses that we read last week, actually. We'll read them again. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again. And then in his joy, went and sold all he had and bought that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the life and the power and the truth that are in, that are in your word. I, I thank you for the light that is in your word. I pray that the presence of the Holy Spirit would indwell every person here and that we would be, that we'd have revelation, that we would be changed, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, um, I, I, do, I do like that song. Actually, I, I wanted him to, to sing Saved, but apparently they can't do that without Michael Frazier here. And uh, so he, he wasn't, so they couldn't. But uh, I know I've been changed. The only, the only thing with that, the only issue that I have with that song is the tense of the verbs because it really should be, I am being changed. I'm in the process of being changed uh, because I think sometimes we kind of, it's not like any of us kind of go, well, I have arrived. No, but we're just tired of traveling on. We're, 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 we're just tired of getting changed anymore. Uh, and if that's the position that you're in, then this was a really bad day for you to come because we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna talk about some of this here. Um, these two short parables, as I was saying last week, I debated, do I do them, do I do them on one week or do, do, do them on two weeks? They have the same primary uh, teaching in them, but they do have significant differences. And we talked last week about, about the field. Uh, and, uh, four things we brought out. The kingdom is like a hidden treasure. The kingdom of God is within you. 
It is righteousness, peace, and joy. What does righteousness, peace, and joy look like? It doesn't look like anything, but it is something very real that is on the inside. And when people talk of kingdom now, we're not, they're not, that's not building a shopping mall for Jesus or something like that. It is the Holy Spirit indwelling us with righteousness, peace, and joy is, is what it is. So uh, it's like a hidden treasure. But uh, the kingdom is, is also not just there for the taking. Salvation is free. Salvation is free. Jesus, is paid, Jesus paid the price. He paid a debt he did not owe. I owed a debt I couldn't pay, and, and he did. And all I have to do is believe in him and accept him. And sal- but the kingdom costs something. You, you, don't, you, 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 you have access to the kingdom. You can have the kingdom, but it costs something. Uh, it was like I, w- I was sharing last week. I've got uh, a card that says I can go over to the Y anytime that I want to, and just show them that card and go in and, and, and exercise. I don't have to give them any money. And I did it once. But I don't do it all that often because it costs something. So it costs, yeah, I got to get up. I got to get my stuff together. I got to get in the car. I got to carve an hour, hour and a half out of my day. I have to go over there and do it. The kingdom costs something. Salvation's free, but not the kingdom. And then the field uh, did not belong to the treasure finder. You will not find this treasure in the world. And you can't hold on to the things of the world and have the kingdom at the same time. You can't hold on to, 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 uh, to hatred and fear and suspicion. You can't hold on to offense. Oh, I love everybody till they say something I don't like about me. Or I think they're talking about me. And you'd be surprised, I mean, how many, how many believers, and, and I'll, yeah, believers, I'll use that word. Uh, how many believers, you know, will, will, will take offense and think nothing about it and don't understand, hey, I'm carrying an extra hundred pounds around. That might, might be why I'm a little weary. And you have to let go of that stuff to have peace and joy and righteousness. And then, and then finally, when you buy the treasure, you get the whole field. Because that's how it works with God. You always get more than, uh, than, what, than what you were anticipating, than what you were expecting. I mean, that's not how it works in the world. They'll try to psych you out and make you think you got more. But it's just a bigger box. There's actually less in it than used to be in it before, but not, not, in, the, not in the kingdom. And so... Uh, Yeah, the main point of both of these parables is that the kingdom is worth everything you have. Everything you have is all it costs to get the kingdom, and it's worth it. It absolutely is. But there are differences, and this week we'll talk about a merchant who was looking for fine pearls. Uh, In this case, we have a seeker, and more than than a seeker, we've got somebody who knows what it is they know the value of stuff, and they know what it is that they're that they're looking for. Uh, and so, my first question, what I'd want to kick this off is: is uh, Do you know what you're looking for? What do you want out of life? And I'm not expecting anybody to, you know, shout an answer back at me, but hopefully there's one rattling around on the inside. And I would suspect that for a bunch of people here, there's just kind of a blank page. Because it's not really something that I've ever really gone, well, what, what do I want? You know, what, 
what, uh, what am I looking for? Uh, and at different stages of life, at different places of life, that could change because life is a dynamic thing and, and, and we, do, we do change. Uh, let's kind of start at the back end. You know, some, a lot of people, uh, really, if you get right down to it, all they're wanting to do is get through today and just be able to see the sun come up tomorrow. Maybe. Uh, that's, a, that's a first world problem as well as a third world problem. Now, at least the people in the third world, you know, do have the excuse of, you know, getting through today involves where do I find clean water? Will there be enough food? You know, is somebody going to come and, and do something terrible to, to our family? And that's not, that's not so much a first world problem, but the first world problem is, is just as serious because the world drains your batteries, man. I mean, it seriously does. And things, things just start going, and the next thing you know, you look up, and hey, the world's all black and white. It, it used to have color in it, but now everything, now everything is, is gray. See, That's what the world does. Uh, John Lennon probably wasn't, a, a, I don't know if he was a believer or not. He probably wasn't a great saint, but he had some insights. And, uh, and he wrote a song called Working Class Hero. It's got one of the greatest opening phrases of any song. From the moment you're born, they make you feel small by giving you no time instead of it all. Oh. I mean, let that soak for a few minutes. Because that's how it happens. God gives you all the time. And in fact, he's even got eternity to give to you. The world goes in the other direction. And you may go, well, that's not me. That's not, I know what I want. Okay, well, that's, that's nice. What is it? Is it? Is it good? Is it the right thing? Where did you get this desire from? Um. There's a guy named uh, Dan Patrick who's uh, got a TV show, radio show and stuff, used to do Sports Center talk show guy. I, I really like him. I love his interviews. I think his interviews are great. I heard an interview with him this last week. Uh, a guy was interviewing him for about an hour. And uh, I'd already liked him, but after I, after I heard this, my, my uh, opinion of him shot up a couple of notches. Um, because they were talking about when he left ESPN. He used to work for ESPN, and that's kind of the, the Death Star. Uh, yeah, the mothership, but uh, also the Death Star. It's, it's uh, yeah, the, the empire. And, uh, and he had worked for him for 18 years. And during that time, he's the kind of guy who, whatever they needed, you, you, want, you want this holiday worked, I'll be there. You know, do you, you need... Somebody to come in at this time? Yeah, I'm there. You want an 80-hour week? You got it. And uh, I think he's got four kids. Uh, And uh, so anyway, he was getting ready to uh, sign another contract, five-year contract. And they're not, I mean, they're kind of notorious for paying people under market value, but I'm sure it was still several million a year that that he was going to be getting. And uh, when he left the house to go to sign the contract, his wife, his wife just said one thing. She just said, you do know that when this contract's over, all the kids will be out of the house. 
And he, uh, and he said, I drove to work and, and I was, you know, I, I, I really hadn't given much thought to that. And as I was driving to work, I, I just, what she had said, I was just kind of thinking on it. And I walked in and they, the guy goes, well, are you going to sign the contract or not? And he said, no. And they ushered him out of the building. Uh, which, and he called his wife up and he said, uh, honey, I'm coming home. And she said, oh, good. He said, no, no, I'm coming home. And uh, she said, good. We'll sell the house if we have to. What, what, whatever we have to do, we're going to make it. Yes! Yes! And he, and he got home, and apparently he's, uh, his youngest daughter was uh, middle school age, and, some, and uh, his wife had sent her out into the driveway to, to greet him when he came home. And he thought, oh, this is so nice. You know, and he, and he pulls in, and he says, I'm home. And she says, yeah, I know. You got a booger in your nose. And walked off. <laughs> All right. Felt, felt even better about his decision. But you know what? He made, he made, the, right, he made the right decision. First, Paul wrote to Timothy and he said this, those who want to get rich, and, 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 and listen, I'm, it's not a sin to be rich or get rich, but those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap, and many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. Let's see, several million a year, the kids will be gone when I, which, you know, that really shouldn't even be a hard decision. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Some people, eager for money, have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. Why are you talking about money? Well, because I ask you, what do you want? And whether you admit it or not, for a whole bunch of people, I know exactly what, first of all, popped up. I'd like a nice raise. You know, I'd, I'd like one of them cushy jobs. You know, I want, or, you know, a bass boat. Why would anybody want a bass boat? I don't know. A uh, pontoon or something. Uh, you know, I, I, I want something. Yeah. Uh, and it says here that some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with, with many griefs. So I, how, would, how would that make them wander from the faith? Uh, well, two things I, I can think of right off. One, and I used to hear my dad say this all the time when I was growing up. He'd go, you know, brother, brother, brother Bill, he, uh, you know, he used to be faithful and we'd see him all the time. And then he started making a lot of money and we didn't see him anymore. He had other things to do. He had some more options. Something that was, I guess, more fun. Or something. And then, uh, I don't know, you think it might be possible that when the lure of money is there and the possibility of more money is there, that maybe somebody has actually done some things that they would never have thought they would ever do in order to get a little more? Wandered from the faith, pierced themselves with many thorny griefs. Uh, he goes on later on in that, cha- in that same chapter, and I love this. Command those who are rich in this present world. That's great. Rich in this present world. Don't be arrogant. And don't put your hope in that wealth. Because it's, so un- it's so uncertain 
but put their hope in God, and here's what I really like, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Let's see. A few million dollars or my kids for five years. Okay, which, where's the richly provisioned for everything we need for our enjoyment? God, somehow or another, I don't know, at some point in time, the Western church kind of adopted this idea that if you're really going to be a follower of Christ, you got to be unhappy. And that's just not true. It's just not true. Yeah, Jesus was a man of suffering and familiar with sorrow, but his first miracle was to make 180 gallons of wine at a wedding. Jesus had a good time. He knew how to, he knew how to have a good time. It wasn't, wasn't a, a bad thing. So what is this, this pearl of great value? And I think the King James calls it a pearl of great price. And both of those are right because the price is great but the value is greater. What, what, what actually is it? Uh, over in uh, John chapter 4, Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem, and he has to go through Samaria. And a lot of you know this story already. He stops at a well. Uh, his disciples go into town to buy food, and this woman comes out, and they strike up a conversation. Jesus asks her, give me something to drink. And they get to talking about, uh, they get to talking about water. And, uh, and Jesus says to her, Every, everyone who drinks from this water, everyone who drinks from this well will be thirsty again. Because that's how it works in the world. But whatever the world gives you, you're going to get thirsty again. You're, you're going to need more. You're going you're to want more. But whoever drinks from the water that I give will never thirst. The, the water that I give will become in them a well of water springing up to eternal life. Everyone who, everyone who drinks from the, from, from the world's well, there's, there's this uh, uh, um, decreasing return on investment. The more you give to the world, the less you get back. And when I asked earlier, what are you, what are you trying to, to get? What do you want in life? I mean, that's really a question you should... Do you think that's an important question? I mean, that's an important question, and I, and I think a lot of people never even consider it, but you should, you should be thinking about that rather than just kind of blundering along. Do you even know? Is it, is it the right thing? Jesus went on in that conversation to say, if you knew the gift of God, if you knew what the gift of God was, and who's asking you for water, you would ask me. If you, if you really stopped and thought about this, you would ask me, and I would give you living water. And then over in, uh, I guess it was three weeks ago, um, I, when I was talking about peace, how to, well, it was, it was the 4th of July sermon, but I was, talking about, uh, I was talking about how to have real freedom. We looked at Matthew 11, Come unto me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Rest for your soul. Take my yoke upon you. My, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. You, you'll find soul rest if you'll, if you'll come unto me. So the pearl of great value is, is living water. The pearl of great value is rest for your soul. It's righteousness, peace, joy in the Holy Spirit. That's what that, 
That's what that is. And there's, there's no amount of money that can buy that. There's no amount of fame. There's no amount of acclaim that can buy that. There's nothing this world has to offer that, that can, can get even one of those. So, well, you know, if I have a lot of money, I, I'll have peace because I don't have to worry about my bills. If you have a lot of money, you'll be much more of a mess than you are now. Money doesn't bring peace. It brings anxiety. If I have a lot of, <laughs> if I have a lot of, if I have a lot of money, I'll, I'll have joy. Well, you might have a good time, but when the good time ends, the joy will be gone, and that's not joy. Yeah. So, what does it cost uh, to have this? When he found one pearl of great value, he went away and sold everything that he had, and he bought it. He knew the value of what he was looking for. This was, this was a merchant. This is someone who made their living with buying and selling this particular item. So he knew what the value was. He went, this was worth everything I've got. The kingdom cannot be had for money, but it does, it does cost. And so here's, here's a question. What are you investing yourself in? You know, let's just say your life is a pie chart, Okay. And for most people, probably the biggest swath is work, uh, unless you're retired. What a word. But uh, probably the biggest swath is work. And then uh, in, in our culture, because we live in a, in a very blessed place, we've had a lot of peace, we've had a lot of prosperity, uh, a big chunk of it is taken up with pleasure. I mean, what do I, you know, what do I, what do I get a kick out of? That's, that's what I'm going to spend time doing. Some people sleep. Uh, and so we, we put that up there. And that little bitty thing right there, now some of you are probably thinking he's going to go, oh, no, that's what we give to God. No, 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 no. no. Uh, that's miscellaneous. And there's not enough room to write miscellaneous in that little bitty swath up there. So I didn't, I didn't write it there. And I'm not saying that you should, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying that you shouldn't have interest outside of, of God, interest outside of religion. No, God, God created you to to enjoy some stuff. There's some stuff you're good at that he, that he created you to enjoy, and, and he wants you to. I mean, if you buy your child something, if you give your child a gift, something, you go, man, I know they're going to like this. They're going to enjoy this. I mean, what a downer it is if they go, eh, eh, you know, walk. No, you want them to enjoy it. You want them to, uh, to wreck it, you know, have, have, have a good time with it. And God created you to, to enjoy some things, and you, you should... You should do that. Uh, but the, the question isn't is, well, does God get equal time? <clears throat> the question isn't, does God get some time? Yeah, the question is, does God get all the time? See, there needs to be, there needs to be a wholeness. There needs to be a, a symbiotic um, relationship between what you enjoy and, and, and what your work is, and your calling as a disciple. I was talking last week about the fact that saved is one thing, a disciple is something else. And, and I had somebody ask me in between uh, services, well, you know, well, how do you become a disciple? Are you listening to what I'm saying? Uh, and, and <clears throat> you know, there, I know that there are discipleship programs and things like that. But I don't, you know, I'm, I'm not, uh, this is not something you graduate from. 
This is not something you finish. You know, in my life, the people that I know who I would go, that's a disciple. Their life has been one of discipleship. Uh, is are, are people who've gone, oh, that person is ahead of me. I need to, I need to emulate what they're doing. I, I need to, I need to, oh, and, and now that one's ahead of me. I need to follow, I need to follow there. See, Jesus didn't go, all right, here's the packet, boys. See if you want to join up. No, he just said, come. You can't put discipleship on somebody. They have to pursue it. And if you pursue it, you'll find it. No two ways about it. And, and, and there's, yeah, it, it's all. We, we've gotten so good at compartmentalizing our lives, and I say so good at, and I use that, that, that term advisedly, it's not a good thing. You know, we, we have a tendency to go, you know, walk into, well, I was going to say walk into record shop. They don't have me anymore. Uh, you know, go online and go, oh, we want the Christian music. Music can't be Christian or non-Christian. It's a thing. People are Christians. People are disciples or not disciples. You're not a Christian mechanic. You are a mechanic who happens to be a disciple of Christ. You know, you're not a, a, a Christian publisher. You're a publisher who happens to be a Christian or a truck driver who happens to be a Christian and is going to pursue Christ. Everything in your life, I have, I have, I gotta, I gotta get going here. I have no idea how someone can claim to be, can think. Let, let's, I want to disabuse us of notions here. Uh, can, can think, I'm a disciple of Jesus Christ. I just don't happen to read the word. No! You know, now if you, you know, if you, if you're not able to read, and some people are, are not able to read because they're illiterate, some people are not able to read because of their eyesight, some people are not able to read maybe because they don't have access to, uh, then hear it, listen to it. I mean, especially where we are, you could, you got all kinds of ways to get the word in there. I, I have no idea how people can, uh, claim, can think I'm a disciple of Jesus Christ, uh, but I ain't gonna be baptized. What? He, he commanded us to be baptized. You know, you can't follow him if he if, if the first step he takes is this direction and first step you takes that direction. You got to go in the direction he's going. I I I don't know how you can think that I'm I'm a disciple of Jesus Christ uh, and not give serious consideration to to your giving and 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 what's how, how your money is used because this is this is. This is the God of mammon, and you can't serve it and him at the same time. I, I have no idea how you can claim to be a, a disciple of Jesus Christ and not be regular in worship attendance. You go, well, you don't know what happened to me at that last church. Now, those churches, they, they sometimes... Do you know what happened to Jesus at synagogue? I mean, a good day. A good day would be when the, the synagogue leader would get up and, and rebuke him. Yeah, A bad day would be one when they tried to kill him. Going to synagogue. Yeah. And yet, it says over in, in Luke 4.16, he went to Nazareth where he had been brought up, and on the Sabbath day he went into synagogue as was his custom, his ritual. This is what he did. You want to follow him? Do what he did. Um. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I just got. It. Yeah, this is worth taking the time to say. Uh, 
He didn't, uh, I, I, I can't imagine that he got there late. Where's Jesus? Well, it's not a quarter after yet. You know, I think he'd been having some trouble with his donkey, and he. Uh... Now, uh, look. I, I, do you do you know anybody who, whenever you have a uh, you set up an appointment with them, maybe a lunch appointment or something, you really are tempted to tell them thirty minutes earlier than you're actually going to be. Uh, but you don't because you're just going to be nice, right? And so you get there, and once again, <clears throat> take a book. How does that make you feel? How does that make you feel regarding how these people regard you? I think God feels. Now, I understand things happen. You know, I know things happen. I know that, you know, all, you go out and there's a flat tire or, you know, something else happens. But when it happens every week, it's not something that happened. It's, it's, it's how you feel about him. It's how, it's how you feel about the whole thing. How do you become a disciple? Are you listening? Uh, we need to make the connection between the kingdom being the underlying, it's all the pearl, being the underlying consideration of everything that we do. Everything that we do. Well, it, so it just cost everything. Is that too much? Um, I'll close with this uh, real quickly. A friend of mine, uh, Phil Nelson, up in <clears throat> Chicago. I, I love to hear Phil preach. He's not real dynamic, but I always leave going, wow, that's the kind of questions I need to be asking the Bible. Uh, he, uh, I, was, uh, I heard him preach, oh, 35 years ago. And, uh, and he closed his sermon with this illustration, and I thought, yeah, it stuck with me for 35 years, so it's a pretty good one. Uh, he says it's like this. <clears throat> it's like going to a picnic where everybody's supposed to bring their own food and enough to share with somebody else. And you got, you got this, this person at the picnic. His name is God. And he's got this table, and it's got everything on it. All the stuff that you're, that you're dreaming of and would love to have. And, and there's no cost on the menu. I mean, it's just all there. And it's all organic, and it's all non-GMO, and it's just, it's the best stuff. And you got a sack with a stale peanut butter sandwich in it. And God says, come on over and and take your sandwich out, put it on the table, and let's just all share together. And you go, this is my sack. This is, no, you, you want me to give up my sack? Yeah, just put it on the table. You can eat some of it if you want to, but just put it on the table. We'll all share together. No, this is my stale peanut butter sandwich. And it's what I want in life. It's what I'm pursuing. 